Uh, what we want is a new card uh, with an increased cashback equivalence of at least 10% and ideally more like 30%. Welcome to the Fly Free MD Podcast, a physician's guide to points and miles. I'm your host, Dustin Frutzinger. Take me to somewhere I can't go. Looking out my window, staring at stars. It's been a long, long road to knock on your door. Welcome to episode 14 of the Fly Free MD podcast, how to choose your next card. So my wife and I are currently finishing up uh, the minimum spend requirements on two different offers, uh, one being the Amex Business Platinum card, uh, which required $15,000 in spending over three months. This is uh, within a couple hundred dollars of being done. And then we also had an Amex Platinum personal card with a retention offer. The retention offer was 45,000 points after spending $4,000 in three months. And this is uh, about halfway done. We have a couple thousand dollars left on it. But with our anticipated spending, uh, we can expect to finish both of these minimum spend requirements in the next several weeks. Uh, and so now it is time to plan ahead for what we're going to be doing with our credit cards after hitting these minimum spend requirements for the sign-up bonus and retention bonus. Now, we could just go back to the status quo and revert back to using uh, the cards that we have available to us on our everyday spending, and uh, we'll earn the equivalent of 2 to 3% cash back uh, towards travel um, using a variety of cards that we currently have available. Um, but we know that we want to get more value out of our everyday spending than just 2 to 3% back. Uh, what we want is a new card uh, with an increased cash back equivalence of at least 10% and ideally more like 30%. Uh, and you can achieve these by signing up for a new card and uh, hitting the minimum spend requirement and getting that sign-up bonus. So now that we have established that we're uh, close to hitting the minimum spend on our current sign-up bonuses and retention offers, and uh, we have a couple weeks left before we want to start uh, spending towards a new sign-up bonus, we want to start to look at what our next steps are. So uh, I first start this process by reevaluating where uh, both myself and my wife are in Chase 524 status. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Chase 524, uh, it is a common rule that Chase uses uh, to decide whether or not they are going to approve an application for a new credit card. They will automatically deny your application if you've opened five or more 
personal cards in the last 24 months. This is across banks, and so this includes, you know, a personal Amex card or a personal City card. Um, in general, business cards don't count towards 524. Um, there's some exceptions where some of the Chase cards uh, are getting approved with people over 524, but it's a pretty good rule of thumb to make sure that you're under 524 if you're applying for a new Chase personal card. Uh, business cards, again, don't count towards 524, but if you're looking to open up a Chase business card, you have to be under 524 uh, to get approved for an, for most of the new uh, Chase business cards. So where are we currently at? Uh, myself, uh, I'm currently at 324, meaning I have three new personal cards in the last 24 months. And these cards will be falling off in August, September, and December of this year. So I'm in really good shape. Uh, I have, have, have room for two additional personal cards before I go over 524. And, and all three of the 524 slots are going to be dropping off this fall um, or winter. So I'm pretty open to getting any Chase personal card or business card or, or any other bank's personal or business card for that matter. Uh, my wife, on the other hand, she's currently at 424, meaning she's opened four new personal cards in the last 24 months. Her cards will be falling off in March, August, and December of this year, and October of next year. So March is uh, about a month away, so she will be dropping the 324 uh, come next month. Uh, so she's in pretty good shape too. Um, not quite as good a shape as, as myself. And so if we uh, had a card that we wanted to uh, sign up for, it's probably my turn to sign up for a card. Um, that way uh, it's counting towards uh, my 524 and not hers. It's also important to remember um, if you are going after the Southwest Companion Pass to plan ahead for that. So um, we cur I currently have the Southwest Companion Pass, which means anytime that I fly Southwest, a companion, usually my wife, can fly for free. Um, that is good for myself through February of 2024. So towards the end of this year, we are going to want to plan on my wife getting the Southwest Companion Pass. That way we have it for the next two years uh, under her account, and I will be the one flying free, uh, which means we need to make sure that she is definitely under 524 at the end of this year. Um, should be fine. Shouldn't be any big deal. She has two uh, or three cards that will be dropping off between now and then. She'll be well under 524, but we just want to keep that in mind. That way we don't sign up for cards under her account, or she doesn't sign up for cards uh, with her account and uh, jeopardize our ability to get the Southwest Companion Pass uh, at the end of this year. So, conclusions after step one of assessing 524 status. My wife uh, is in pretty good shape, but uh, given the fact that we want to protect her 524 slots for the Southwest Companion Pass plans come this fall, probably want to have a pretty th high threshold for signing up for a new card that would affect her 524 right now, uh, as opposed to me. Uh, I'm pretty much open to any card, including uh, Chase personal cards. 
All right, so now that we've looked at 524, what other factors to consider? Well, you want to think about uh, any upcoming trips that I might want to accumulate uh, points from a particular um, point type. For instance, uh, if I'm wanting to stay at the Ritz-Carlton in Chicago in October, I might want to make sure that I have enough Marriott points if I don't have enough Marriott points for an upcoming trip planned, then I might want to choose a Marriott card to be able to get those points. The next step is I want to look at what is my current point balance across transferable points and non-transferable point currencies to kind of get an idea of where I might be low on points and where I might um, have more than enough. So uh, between my wife and I, Chase Ultimate Reward Points, uh, we have about 220,000 points. Now, almost all of these points end up getting transferred to Hyatt, where I get about two cents per point. And so these are really, really valuable points for me. Uh, we use them at Hyatt. Amex Membership Reward Points, between my wife and I, we have about 900,000 points. So uh, sitting on quite a few points here. Most of these points get transferred to airlines for use uh, in airline travel. Um, we've accumulated a lot of points. We're kind of saving up for a big international flight. Um, but uh, sitting at 900 points, 900,000 points, that's pretty good. How about non-transferable point currencies? Uh, again, Hyatt is really valuable to us. How many Hyatt points do we have? We have about 63,000 points at Hyatt. Uh, Marriott points, um, we have 115,000 points. Delta, 40,000 points. And Southwest, 40,000 points. So a little bit lower on the airline point currencies, uh, but we can always transfer those from our transferable points. And so what's my conclusion after looking at step two, which is evaluating how many points I have available across different point currencies? Uh, my conclusion is I'm always looking for more Chase Ultimate Reward Points. That way I can transfer to Hyatt. Um, so that's probably where I would most like to focus. And just to give you an idea of why we use so many Hyatt Points, um, they're a lot of value and uh, we tend to stay at Hyatt uh, because we have global status, which gives us a lot of benefits when we stay. Um, in about six weeks, we're going to be spending uh, eight nights in Hawaii uh, at the Grand Hyatt uh, Kauai. Um, eight nights there, uh, taking both our family of five as well as grandparents. Uh, and so we're going to have two rooms for each night. Each room is 25,000 points which means we're spending 400,000 points for this eight-night stay. Uh, the cash price is over $1,000 a night per room. Total would be over $18,000 if we paid cash for these eight nights, two rooms per night. Um, but we instead, using both Hyatt points and Chase Ultimate Reward points that we transferred to Hyatt, are instead spending 400,000 Hyatt points on this trip, um, which makes it 4.5 cents per point, which is amazing value. So all things being equal, after taking a look at my 524 status and looking at my current point totals across different point systems, 
um, really want to get Hyatt points or chase ultimate reward points that I can transfer to Hyatt. Next thing I want to consider are, is there any special cards that I've had my eye on for specific reasons? So an example of this is I've had my eye on the Ritz-Carlton card by Chase. Uh, It's no longer available to get as a new application, but you can product change to it from any Chase personal Marriott card. Now, my wife has a Chase personal Marriott card that we plan to product change to the Ritz-Carlton after she's had it for a year. Uh, I do not have a Marriott card yet, and so if the time is right to go ahead and get that, that way a year from now I can product change it to the Ritz-Carlton, that's something to consider. Now, why am I eyeing this Ritz-Carlton card? Well, it's got a pretty steep annual fee at $450, Uh, but pretty tremendous benefits. So there's a $300 airline fee credit, so you can knock that off the annual fee. So you're looking at more like $150 for an annual fee, and it comes with an 85,000-point free night certificate. Uh, Marriott points are often worth about 0.8 cents per point, which means that the value of this uh, certificate is around $700, can be worth even more than that uh, on a lot of these high-end hotels that uh, you would be using these 85,000 points for. So uh, between the airline fee credit and the 85,000-point free night certificate, you're looking at about $1,000 in value for the $450 annual fee. Another example of cards that you might want for a specific purpose would be if you're trying to get the Southwest Companion Pass, anytime I am considering getting a new card, I want to evaluate what is it time to start working on the Southwest Companion Pass. Um, again, we have it for about another year. Uh, so the at the end of this year, we'll start working on it for the to cover us for the following two years. And lastly, are there cards with elevated sign-up bonuses? Any cards that uh, have high sign-up bonuses, maybe higher than than usual. Um, currently, the best available cards are cards like the American Express Personal Platinum card. It remains at 150,000 points, uh, which again are very valuable. Uh, it's been at this sign-up bonus for a while. Uh, don't know how long that's going to last, but that would be a good one to consider. Similarly, the Amex Personal Gold remains at about 90,000 points, so also very great value, uh, but it's been that way for a little while. Another card to consider would be the Hilton Aspire card from Amex. Uh, This has 150,000 points and a free night award after spending $4,000 in three months. Uh, The points are valued at about a half a cent per point. Uh, which means that the 150,000 points would be worth about $750. The free night certificate's worth about $250. So this sign-up bonus is worth about $1,000, which is pretty good value. Um, The annual fee is $450. That's offset somewhat by uh, Hilton Resort credit of $250 and an airline fee credit of $250. That said, um, I don't think that I'm going to be going for this card anytime soon. Um, Again, I'm a pretty, I'm a Hyatt loyalist. Um, Got the globalist status there, uh, using a lot of points 
transferring the Hyatt uh, for the tremendous value there. Uh, next, I would probably lean towards Marriott. Uh, Hilton's probably third or even fourth on my list of hotel chains that uh, that I would focus on. How about business cards? Um, the Amex Business Platinum card, uh, I've covered a lot about the sign-up bonus available there and the benefits of that card. Uh, it still has a 150,000-point bonus after spending $15,000 in three months. Comes with a pretty hefty $695 annual fee, but again, many perks that can offset that fee for the most part. Now, usually you're limited to getting one of these per lifetime, but there's been many no-lifetime language offers out there. So I've actually picked up two Amex Business Platinum cards in the last six months or so. Uh, My wife is just finishing up the minimum spend on her first Business Platinum. Uh, And so one thing that I want to consider when it's time for a new card is, can I generate another Amex Business Platinum card uh, or will I run into uh, some lifetime language limitations? And lastly, looking at a couple Chase Inc. cards, both the Inc. Unlimited and the Inc. Cash have elevated sign-up bonuses right now. So the current offer is 90,000 points after spending $6,000 in three months. There's no annual fee associated with either of these cards. And these points would likely be transferred to Hyatt again and get about two cents per point at a minimum. So this sign-up bonus is worth about $1,800. Pretty amazing considering that you need to only spend $6,000 of your everyday spending on this card. The normal offer is 75,000 points after spending $7,500. And so this offer represents a higher sign-up bonus and a lower minimum spend requirement. So an amazing time to get this card. Now, it's probably a no-brainer to go with this card, but I was recently denied for an Inc. Cash application back in December. Uh, It wasn't credit score related. My credit score has been fine. Uh, When I called in for reconsideration, um, after getting a little bit of a runaround, um, the reconsideration person said that uh, I had too many business cards in too short of time in a business that's too new. So uh, I didn't put up too much of an argument. I just decided to uh, try again at a later time. Um, I wasn't over any of the commonly known Chase rules, um, but uh, still the the person on the reconsideration line uh, rejected the application. I have a feeling it might have something to do with having too much um, extended credit across my cards, and I might have been able to negotiate decreasing a credit limit on some of my other cards in, able, in order to get um, this card at that time. But uh, I decided uh, not to fight that battle at that time. Um, Instead, uh, I'm going to call and reduce my credit limit across several of my cards. Uh, That way I have a lower extended credit amount from Chase and hopefully more likely to be um, accepted for my next Chase application. So next week, I'll give an update on what card or cards I decided to apply for and the results of the application process. I want to thank you for listening. Hopefully you found some value out of today's episode. Uh, If you ever want to uh, 
If you ever want some help on figuring out what your next card should be, uh, feel free to drop me an email, dustin at flyfreemd.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, flyfreemd. Uh, You can send me a message there as well. Same handle on Instagram. Be great if you left a rating and or review on whatever podcast app that you are listening to this show on uh, that helps others find the show. Uh, Again, thank you for listening and thank you to the band The Dawn for the use of their song 1984 as the intro and outro of today's episode. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Goodbye. Back in 1984.